welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money m o r p h o s i s dot com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Hey, it's Crystal Arnold, your hostess of Money Wise Women and founder of Money Morphosis. So obviously, money is a hot topic these days. Um, there is a lot of questioning. What is really um, going on in our economy, in, uh, in this country, in the United States, and with growing wealth inequality, a lot of people really are suffering financially, and there is a system in place. I've studied uh, international economics with my degree, so I'm well aware of how this system uh, continues to consolidate wealth and, uh, and, and really keeps a lot of people impoverished around the world and, and the way that colonization continues through, through the financial structure itself, through uh, interest and what was called in the Bible usury and, and the dynamics of people who have and people who have not, and there is really a lot of um, opportunity right now to break through the old paradigm of of slave and master really is is at the essence of a lot of these domination. Uh, patriarchal paradigms, which are unhealthy, which are extracting the value from our natural resources, from our communities, and uh, these extractive practices are uh, quite frankly dangerous, and their time has has come to really look at new um, opportunities to organize ourselves, to care for one another through the economy, and to cooperate instead of only compete. And so there is a lot of wisdom that women are bringing forth, that the divine feminine qualities, which are in both men and women, um, can, can also serve to heal some of these patriarchal uh, masculine shadow uh, issues that have have created uh, so much poverty and suffering in this world. And uh, so today I'm really excited to take a more mystical look at some of these dynamics and the generations of, of abuse and suffering uh, because of, of the money system and, and how we are here to um, really heal that in our lifetimes and, and to get inspired about what this really means and how it may be impacting us personally, as women, as a collective. Um, it's such a fascinating topic. And so I encourage you to all get curious today and open your minds with wonder and uh, and the question of what if, what if, uh, what else is possible? Um, because your skeptical, rational mind may want to dismiss some of these more mystical ideas. And yet I really encourage you just to listen with your heart and, and this curiosity of, of what may be possible as humanity shifts its relationship with money. It's a super exciting time. And uh, this is why I am um, so excited to have our guest, um, Kara Gilligan. She is a Magdalene priestess, a tantric wisdom teacher, and the creator of Sacred Wealth, a mystery school, a healing modality, and a spiritual path leaders of a new paradigm and her work is designed to release individuals from this programming of pain and disempowerment at the hands of a corrupt money system 
and support the health and integration of money and power as expressions of love in service to one's life purpose. So truly an honor to have her here sharing her wisdom with us today. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. And Mm. I'd I'd love to begin just by hearing what you find most exciting about the work that you do. Oh, wow. Great question. Um, Thank you, Crystal. I'm really, really excited to be here and um, and to be sharing with your audience. And uh, what I find most exciting about the work that I do is, um, uh, and I I get this a lot, Um, I feel that I really greatly enjoy sort of traversing the range of the human experience from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. And a lot of people respond very positively to my work and my teachings because I kind of bring the really abstract, mystical, or what you might call more woo-woo um, understanding of the universe into very, very, very practical uh, you know, issues that we have as a species, as individuals, as women, as business owners. And a lot of times that combination of, you know, the um, deeply, you know, mystical and the deeply kind of grounded and practical uh, it is what really blows people's minds. And that's probably the most exciting thing for me is I really like to blow people's minds <laughs> wide open and, um, and kind of get them out of the limitations and the conditioned uh, ways of looking at things and to um, open, you know, basically this, you know, this freedom of consciousness within um, humanity. And I like to do this in the places where we tend to get the most stuck. And and probably my two specialties would be um, sexuality and finances or, you know, sex and business. I'm I'm a Magdalene priestess, and what that means is, you know, I'm a I'm really like a a priestess of the uh, sacral chakra, really, and both both um, sexuality and creativity and financial um, health and manifestation is all actually based in that um, in the same energy center. So I actually work with, um, yeah, I work with everything that has to do with that creative center in humans and in, and in women as well. Mm. Wow. You're really, you know, speaking to healing some of the biggest taboos on the planet right now, right? Yeah. People are so yes. ashamed to talk about their sexual power and, uh, and money. And so I'm curious what you have to say about, um, you know, the process as women break through the shame around sexuality and money, um, what, what kind of empowerment is possible? Yeah, um, well, you know, most of us that have grown up in um, this particular time and especially in Western culture, you know, we have been... Um, we have been deeply conditioned by our religions and by our sociocultural uh, belief systems and norms to um, uh, to really disassociate. I think the the sacred, specifically the the um, the consciousness of um, love and divinity, and you know what's holy from, you know, both sex and money. It's like these are these are things that are very, very much not holy. <laughs> these are things that we um we don't like to talk about around the dinner table. They're things that we don't want to discuss <clears throat> with our loved ones or, you know, certainly in public. And um whenever you you kind of leave an area of yourself um, in the shadows, so to speak, or in 
um, in a in a sphere of of what I would call unconsciousness or sort of just like you know rote reactivity uh, to you know what has happened on our planet over the last five thousand years, which is a significant degree of abuse of our creative power and. Uh, I almost like to kind of see humanity as just like these, um, you know, really like these children that they just really never, nobody ever taught them. No, nobody ever taught them how to use this, you know, how nobody ever taught them about themselves. And so they've just had to kind of struggle generation after generation after generation suffering and acting from very unconscious place, from a very fear-driven place. Um, from a very uh, desperate place, usually in both of these areas of our lives, and um, and yeah, I I like to bring light into those places, <laughs> and um, and the empowerment that's possible for women uh, when you do that is, I mean, I, I think it's oh goodness, I mean, I mean, women have have been on the more, I mean, both men and women, you know, really need liberation and healing here. So it's not just women, um, <clears throat> but women have tended to play the more repressed role in the dynamic and um, both our, our sexual power and certainly our financial power and our creative power in the world for the last 5,000 years has been very, very, very repressed. It's really only been within the last um, you know, 100 years that we have started um, taking an active role in the creation of the world. And um, and then I would say over the last 50 years that we've started to experience more liberation around our sexual power and our sexual energy. And, um, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, really. They're really endless. And one of my beliefs is, is that as women do become sacredly empowered in this area, that this is actually one of the keys to our, um, you know, our health as a species moving forward on this planet is to have the feminine wisdom um, brought back into this particular realm. Mm. So true. I totally agree. It's it's amazing how much has been bound up um, of that Shakti life force creative potential and and that we are needing to access it more to really um you know come come into a new phase of, of humanity uh right now. And uh I you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more like your personal history and what brought you to this um, to this study of sacred wealth and and uh, yeah, just hear a little bit more about your your own background. Sure. So, um, as a as a young woman, I I was a very um, sort of type A achievement oriented natural born leader type of soul. And I went to um I went to Dartmouth College, which is in a small Ivy League college in New Hampshire, um <clears throat> for my undergraduate study. And while I was there, I um was exposed to um I was exposed to this fraternity that the man that I was dating at the time was a brother in and it was a fraternity called Bonesgate and there was um, you know I, I kind of say this was like my research into the quote unquote shadow of the patriarchy or the shadow of the money power elite um, you know these were men that were going on to become you know bankers on Wall Street they were going on to become politicians and to become, you know, people out in Silicon Valley that are, you know, really moving and shaking and having a lot of influence in the world and um, and w- witnessing sort of the initiations that, you know, may- maybe not the college itself was putting them through, but what the cultural sort of underpinnings 
of that world and and these these fraternities had created, which was basically a you know a system um, at Bonesgate. The brothers they worshipped a kind of like it was a mascot called the thick dick, and it was literally a ghost in the shape of like a phallus with like I mean it was like a giant phallic symbol, and um. And I saw that, like, through the hazing rituals and the things that the brothers were going through, they were really being taught um, a few key things that would allow them to, when they go on into being the leaders of our society, to make the decisions that are being made, which are causing a tremendous deal of suffering and destruction to the planet which is that they were um, conditioned to understand violence as a form of power. Um, and this was done through a lot of, you know, different forms of screaming at each other. There was a rage cage. The brothers fought themselves in. And so they understood power. And, and really we can see this in our whole culture as being forced over someone else. And typically that is how our culture to this day understands what I'm wanting to do something. Um, they were taught to um, bond, to be bonded through shameful and humiliating things that they had, they did in secret. And, um, you know, um, you know, shameful and humility, you know, a shameful bond. There was a shame bond that was keeping people sort of like, engaged in, in intimacy with with their brotherhood. Um, and this was done through the very humiliating things that the brothers were asked to do in order to become a part of the tribe. Um, very, I won't even get into them, very gross fraternity hazing rituals. Um, and basically, you know, this sets the template for, you know, these men to understand that um, you know, when they do things that feel um, very bad inside themselves, that make them feel bad about themselves, or things that are disgusting or despicable, it, you know, it's okay, number one, like they have to do that to be a part of this world order. And then number two, you know, it taught them that um, that we keep each other's secrets, we protect each other, because this is done in, in secret in the brotherhood. So this just sets them up so that when they get out there and they're, you know, running for office and they do, they're taking money under the table or, God forbid, some of the other things that are being done that we don't really know about that's going on behind the scenes of, of who's really ruling the world they keep each other's secrets and they're conditioned to do that. And then finally, you know, everything was like masculine power, masculine power. If they wanted to shame a brother, you would scream pussy at him, weak, weak. Um, you know, the, the feminine energy was just seen like embodying any feminine energy at all, which is, you know, a softness or a compassion or, you know, some sort of capacity to feel was um, what they would be immediately um, shamed for that and 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 ostracized. So, so you know, even if you have not like been inside Bones Gate, right? Like I got to be an undercover agent and go research this. But the the fact of the matter is, is that all of us are really affected by this energy and by this programming in and through our relationship to money and power. So all of us tend to, on a subconscious level, understand power as violence, as violence and force over another. That's in Western culture. Western culture is a dominator culture. It was a culture that was created through many of the things that you just mentioned, you know, the British Empire, the Roman Empire, um, the one group of people going in and forcing and subjugating and conquering another. And so this underpins the fabric of how we understand power in this culture as being force or violence over another. And what this does is for women, especially is when you're, um, you're trying to become empowered financially in this, 
you know, industrial capitalist system and this Western world system, you know, what I see is a lot of women will even just resist becoming wealthy because on a subconscious level, they're actually associating that with becoming a dominator, with becoming a dominatrix, which with becoming an oppressor of somebody or something else. And so if we don't actually go in and do this healing work where we learn to understand what real power is, because, you know, my, my experiences at Bonescape really led me into this path of awakening, this path of the, the divine feminine, and then this path of understanding and studying Tantra, which is a, which is a you know, this is an Eastern term um, for really what I call more of the divine feminine oriented or the lost divine feminine um, spiritual traditions. And these were spiritual traditions that existed on our planet, which um, didn't renounce the material plane. Okay. The, uh, what, what Tantra means is weaving. It means the weaving of, of, of the spirit into matter and so most tantric traditions, um, you know, in Judeo-Christian traditions, for instance, were very disassociated from matter, were very disassociated from the body, from sexuality, from the material world. We don't want to see that as being sacred, right? The body, the flesh leads you to sin, the material world, it's maya, it's bad, it's evil, it's wrong, it's a great illusion, and so even some of our, our spiritual foundation in Western society has actually led to this abuse of power. And so I had to kind of start studying these tantric mystery schools to remember, to remember um, a way of honoring the body, honoring sexuality, honoring materialism as sacred. How do we do this? And um, and in tantric traditions, what power is in in a tantric tradition? It's not force over. What power is in a tantric tradition is it's the ability to manifest. And mm-hmm. it's understood in the tantric tradition that that ability to manifest is actually an aspect of the feminine. It's an aspect of Shakti, not Shiva consciousness. If you look at women's bodies. Where does the baby get created from? It comes from women. So women actually have, on a ta- from a tantric perspective, we actually have more power in us, what, what real power is, which is the ability to bring forth life. Okay, it's the ability to create and to manifest. And so when we, you know, when you go through sacred wealth, what we're doing is we're learning how to um, release what we've been taught. When I work with women in, in their finances, it's like, let's release this idea that for you to become wealthy is, is, a, is, a, is going to be oppressing someone else or you know, I work with a lot of spiritually oriented women where, you know, they come from renunciant traditions where money is wrong and money and spirit are separate. And, and, and I'm saying, hey, no, this doesn't mean that you're going to get, you know, you're going to become evil, you're going to become an oppressor. What we actually need to remember, what we need to understand is that money is just an energy. And it's an energy that we can use as women to bring forth life that we can use to rejuvenate this world that we live in. But we have to do this healing work. We have to heal our understanding of power. We have to release, um, you know, all of the ways that, you know, through that shame bond we are hiding and we are disassociating and, and keeping secret parts of ourselves, parts of our uniqueness as souls and as, and as soul groups. Um, and, and we're saying, hey, these things aren't monetizable. These things aren't marketable. Um, you know, we have to keep them secret, and we have to be able to bring those back out, integrate them, tantrically weave them into the work that we do and the way that we create wealth in the world. And, and, and we have to bring that feminine principle, that principle of compassion and empathy and intuition back into our relationship or how we relate materially and financially in the world. 
And so all of those early experiences that I had were kind of like the things that um, inspired the underpinnings of um, the sacred wealth um, healing modality in this mystery school that I've now created, which is essentially a healing journey and also a leadership training program. Um, what, what my vision really is now is like I sort of saw how the money power elite was being trained, um, you know, by, you know, the, 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 the paragon of like a Western education system and and that's not acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to train a new money power elite, and and as part of my study and part of my my own you know kind of digging into the history of our world, and when I started to really understand what it means to be a noble and what royalty actually is, like if you look and you go way back, there's all kinds of traditions around you know, the royals almost being like the divine in human form. They were like the agents of God. And this is something that we forgot. But at one point in time, you would have the the purest souls, and it would behoove us as a species to have the purest and the most spiritually advanced souls in the positions of leadership, in the positions of you know, organizing wealth, organizing materially, ruling the planet, because it actually takes a high degree of nobility in heart and body and mind and spirit in order to be able to kind of be that channel, um, that sort of sacred mother or that sacred father or that noble queen or that noble king that is taking care of all of those underneath you. So, you know, I had to go through a big process of sort of like undemonizing, um, you know, the idea of of becoming powerful and becoming wealthy and start to recontextualize that within the context of sacred service to humanity. And so this is another component of sacred wealth is actually, um, you know, giving giving people the initiations and the healing and the shift in perspective where they're actually seeing the cultivation of wealth and the cultivation of power as a form of service to others and as a form of service to the divine. And this is, this is really how leaders should be trained. This is really how our money power elite should be trained. And that's not what I saw taking place at Dartmouth or Harvard or some of these other schools out there. What I saw was really the pursuit of money and power for one's own sake. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is, is that money and power is a great, great responsibility. And to have money and to have power, um, especially if you cultivate it through the path of sacred wealth, um, means that you are taking on a greater level of service in the creation. You're taking on a greater level of service to others. And so, um, and so there is a, a, a need for us to actually become more selfless. I always say, like, it would have been way easier, let's say, for me to just kind of be a, you know, like a, after, after my experience at Dartmouth, I didn't want anything to do with the world. I was mm-hmm. like, the world is evil, the world is wrong. I just want to go be a hippie and kind of live <laughs> off grid and just be a free spirit, right? Or go go be a renunciant in an ashram and meditate all day. But let me just say, like, actually what what takes more character, what takes more spiritual advancement, what takes more dedication, what takes more discipline, what takes more growth, on a spiritual level is for those of us that do have the compassion, those of us that do have the noble heart, those of us that do have, you know, the, um, the connection to the divine for us to really, um, to really commit to serving within this very, you know, and in many ways sick system so that we can heal and so that we can become that missing piece, which is where are the noble leaders? Where, are, where is sacred wealth on the planet? And so that's also, you know, a part of my mission is, is wanting to inspire 
those with that capacity to um, embrace um, really their 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 life's purpose and embrace really monetizing it and growing their work in the world and growing their um, their magnificence and their degree of financial prominence and prosperity so that they can really have as much influence and be in as deep of service to our society as they possibly can be. Hmm. Wow. Oh, I just invite listeners to really maybe close your eyes for a moment if you can and um, let her words of wisdom see what really is um, resounding for you, what really stuck out to you about what was just shared here. And feel what what your what's been brought to life and what you are motivated to do. Is there an action that these these words of truth are um, are calling you to step into greater leadership or financial empowerment in your own life? And if you'd like to jot that down and and take a note, take a minute to. Uh, really reflect on that. That was some really deep wisdom about the true nature of power and what is sacred wealth and why it is so significant for um, people to integrate uh, spirit and spiritual and material um, wisdom to come forth as leaders and and really acknowledge, as as you so beautifully did, some of the kind of black magic and, and power dynamics that are ingrained in the culture of these Ivy League, you know, uh, wealthy leadership positions and that kind of um, power over and and really uh, feels like a, a desperation to 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 keep that power to to feel so afraid of the the wild flow of Shakti that many of these masculine uh, men who have been um, harmed and um, you know uh, really traumatized in in certain ways too that caused them to act out with. Um, dominating and uh you know violent behavior towards towards women and and denying their own feminine aspect there is so much uh richness in in what you just shared and uh wow thank you thank you for bringing that wisdom and and the way that you are opening the leaders of tomorrow and today to um, be able to access uh, greater wisdom and, and wealth and power uh, for good. And uh, mm. I just love your perspective. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to share with you and and um, mm. and your so audience got, as well. Sure, Yeah. Um, when we get back from just uh, this minute uh, word from our sponsor, I'd love to dive a little bit more into the the Magdalene mysteries and and that why this is so significant today and and some of your wisdom around that. So we'll just be back in just a minute here. Maybe you are like one young mother and entrepreneur named Marie. She was never taught the basics of managing her money. She finally got some training through www.discoveryourtruewealth.com to manage her finances. Marie's cake bakery was expanding, yet she was embarrassed about her financial ignorance. She was discouraged, and every late fee felt like a punch in the gut. Once she learned basic bookkeeping techniques, she was able to prioritize her expenses and pay off her debt more quickly. Marie easily trimmed $200 off her expenses in the first month of taking the training. Like Marie, you can have your cake and eat it too. Visit www.discoveryourtruewealth.com to register for free video training to eliminate some of the money leaks in your life. You will get a greater sense of clarity and confidence. 
Hey, we are back with uh, Kara Gilligan and uh, just really appreciating her mystical perspective on some of the dynamics between the inner masculine, inner feminine, and how um, we can find empowerment as uh, leaders and spiritually grounded entrepreneurs and how we can have a great relationship with money and welcome financial prosperity into our lives as service and and really coming into um, a place of, uh, yeah, um, well, really breaking through a lot of the shame and guilt and fear that has, uh, you know, kept people from stepping into to greater wealth and uh, and empowerment with their resources. Um, so you're you've got a seminar around uh, the Magdalene mysteries, and um, I it was the first time from you that I heard about how Magdalene uh, financially supported the the work and teachings of Jesus and I would just love to hear from you more about um, that kind of um, wisdom and and why it's so important today yeah definitely so um, the first thing I'll just say is that most of my um, you know my particular soul spiritual lineage you know um, comes from the Christ kind of line, and um, and actually, you know, while I was in Bonesgate or what I say, while I was at the gates of hell, so to speak, I had a very profound um, spiritual awakening, and from the very beginning, this um, this being Mary Magdalene was there, and she was there, but it took me many years before I really got to explore Mary Magdalene and who she was and all of the, you know, the profound wisdom that was lost to our world because of, um, I have another course that I teach called the Magdalene Wounds because of us basically labeling her a prostitute and a woman possessed by demons and a woman waiting to be stoned and not realizing who she really was on a spiritual level. So, um, so basically, um, as I was, you know, guided in my own healing journey and my own process to start studying, you know, sacred love, sacred relationships, sacred sexuality, and with the specific intent to apply it to the realms of money and business and, um, you know, what would eventually become sacred wealth, I really was confused. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, like, I, I just wanted at many points in my own path to just become a Magdalene, you know, sacred love, sacred devotional love path. And um, and it wasn't until I really got through a lot of my own resistance to it that, you know, one day it just really broke through. And, and this is actually, um, you know, a lot of people now associate Mary Magdalene with sexual healing and the Da Vinci Code, or it's like, was she the wife of Christ? Is there a bloodline? You know, there's a lot of stuff on that level coming out about Mary Magdalene, so we have a lot of questions there. But this isn't even something that is hidden. I mean, it is written in the Bible itself that Mary Magdalene was an independently wealthy woman and that she was financially supporting Christ and the disciples. And so once I got to, you know, that realization, it really clicked in, you know, why as a Magdalene, you know, teaching this path of sacred wealth and um, bringing the wisdom of the feminine back into our understanding of um, leadership and nobility and and financial prosperity, why this was so important. And the real truth about Mary Magdalene is that, you know, she wasn't a prostitute. That that the Catholic Church has already now, you know, retracted and, and basically apologized for. She wasn't a prostitute, but she was a noble. She came from a, a family that was more 
uh, what we would what we might call aristocratic. She came from a wealthy family, and she was a wealthy woman. And so she used her um, her financial prosperity to literally um, contribute to you know Jesus's ministry when when he was alive, and to take care of the disciples. So it it, it there is this component of the the sacred feminine's role, and I've actually sort of found this as I as I really started studying the sacred feminine and a lot of lost canons from a lot of different cultures. Um, you, most ancient, like very, very ancient prosperity rituals, like if you were going to do worship and, and your worship was going to be designed to bring in financial abundance, you would not in most cases, you would not be going to a god or a male deity. Abundance and prosperity practices were the realm of the divine feminine. And I always say this, it's one of my favorite phrases, before there was money, there was mother. And we understood um, material abundance to be an aspect of sacred feminine power. And this was understood in, in all cultures, you know, across the planet. And, and really how that manifested back then was it was the abundance of nature, right? Nature is where we get all of our material goods and services. And so most prosperity, most abundant practices would be worshiping various goddesses in different traditions, um, you know, requesting for an abundant harvest, requesting for rain, requesting for plenty, for the earth to produce its plentifulness. And so there is a, a hidden role of the sacred feminine and of sacred feminine power that is inherently based in prosperity and in material abundance. And and so Mary Magdalene, who for me, I I believe Mary Magdalene was the the what we might call the 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 divine feminine counterpart to Christ. She was the feminine aspect of the Christed consciousness. And so where we see uh, the material abundance coming in is we see it coming in through that ancient goddess role, which is the goddess you know, is the one that, you know, actually uh, provides materially for humanity, provides materially. And, and, and this is huge. This is huge. Why is this huge? It's huge because women don't understand this. And, and because of the way we've been, um, you know, conditioned by, you know, several thousand years of, of of having no rights to property, of of being um, you know completely uh, like financially dependent or economically dependent on marriage and or or on a man in order to support us and and everything that has happened, we've really forgotten. We've really forgotten that we have such a great deal of um, of prosperity and abundance and power within us and so one of the things that I do when I'm teaching you know using Mary Magdalene or using the Magdalene mysteries and 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 I really feel that the whole sacred wealth um you know mystery school is is a Magdalene mystery it is a Magdalene mystery um you know one of the things that I I I love doing is is getting and reconnected, reconnected to that birthright within themselves, within their own wombs, within their own creative shakti to bring forth abundance. And and some of the things that we need to do in order to really tap our abundance as uh, women and to tap it in a way that I would say kind of kind of like nurtures our Shakti or nurtures our feminine essence is, um, this is another tantric principle here, the way that 
Shakti or the way that the goddess creates, which is everything, the way she creates, you know, nature, the way she creates all the all the universes, the way she manifests the child, everything. The the Shakti manifests through um uh two principles that I think it's really important that we hear as women. She creates through number one uh, what's called ananda or bliss, okay? So we have to learn how to follow bliss. We have to learn to trust bliss or trust our joy, our pleasure, our our greatest, deepest heart's desires as women. We need to understand that as a form of power, that when we allow ourselves to experience what it is that we most deeply desire when we allow our hearts to ignite fully, when we allow ourselves to enter our bliss, we are literally going into our full creative power. And, and as long as you've done the healing work and the reprogramming work around your relationship to money and you've kind of cleared those black magic programs that I talked about, then it becomes, and you and you can get your, you know, your businesses set up and your money channels set up so that they're actually based in your bliss. What you do is you're going to start to open like this channel of um, basically being able to bring sacred wealth into the world through you. You're just going to become, you're, it's, you're manifesting a completely different energy than, you know, what, typically being manifested in our socioeconomic system. It's very, very healing for yourself, for your family. It's very healing for the planet. It's healing for nature. I mean, it's like everything starts celebrating when this happens because it's been so long before the females have been able to really do this. Um, So following bliss is very, very important. The second way that Shakti manifests, which is, uh, this goes completely against most of the programming we receive around how we make money. Most of us feel like we have to like not do what we love and we have to do something more practical or serious. That's going to be really, you know, hard in order to make a buck, right? So we disassociate from our bliss. The second way that Shakti manifests in the tantric tradition is through what a principle called spanda. And what spanda means is spontaneity. Okay, so I like to say um, the goddess doesn't give us the plan. She only gives us the next step. And this is completely, goes completely against most of our uh, like conditioning that we receive through, you know, traditional business coaching, traditional like how you how you like create a financial plan or how you create a business plan or all these different things where we want to, we want to know everything. We want to have it all planned out. We want to have that like security of knowing all the next steps, right? Before we take any risk, before we leap. And I got to tell you, I, if you, if you want to practice sacred wealth, if you want to step into this paradigm that I'm introducing to you guys here today, you really got to throw that shit out because it's not going to work. Shakti manifests from the moment. It manifests from following your bliss in every single moment and being spontaneous in how you create. And we actually have to become very um, vulnerable in a way in order to really practice sacred wealth. You think about how people must have lived when they lived closer to nature. Um, we probably didn't always have everything, you know, planned out for, you know, how everything was going to function. We lived and we followed, we followed, you know, the weather, the spirits, the tracks of the animals on the ground. We lived more like how the, like children live and more like how, you know, plants and animals live, which is they live in the consciousness of the present moment. And when we start to allow um, our, our destiny to unfold and our manifestations to unfold from a more present state of desire and guidance and 
what's alive for us right now, right in this moment, and moving on that energy. And we start to learn how to build businesses and to create wealth like from that really, really fresh, vital place of creative inspiration in, in, the, in spontaneity, you, it's also it's a totally different quality, the abundance that is created there. And, um, and it's usually for women how women want to operate anyways. Like, like, like I don't work as much with men, and I think men are just, they're, they're designed a little bit differently um, on both biological and uh, mental and emotional conditioning levels. But really what I found from working with women is like most women actually want to work in this capacity anyways. They want to work from their intuition. They want to work from what, you know, we might call flow or being in touch with, you know, what feels really good to them. And yet we get all this conditioning that says, no, 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 bad, 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 that's wrong, wrong, wrong. And it and it's not to say that we don't schedule and we don't plan and we don't learn how to integrate more of that masculine side of that masculine energy within us. But what I do want to say is you're never really going to, you know, find your great gift or find your real kind of like power as a woman unless you like give yourself the freedom to um, to tap into your bliss and to work from your like like your present moment to work from from that living spirit that is always flowing within you and sometimes that living spirit might say ah, i need to go you know um dance around right now you know um and and we might cut that off because though it's inappropriate to do that in the work you know in my cubicle or something like that our culture doesn't give space for that ecstatic capacity to be expressed. But really, like, women need to learn how to bring the ecstatic into their relationship to money, into how they create businesses, into how they're operating in the level of the world. You know, ever since women got, you know, financially empowered or got into the workplace over the last 50 years, actually the overall happiness of women has declined. We were actually, you know, much uh, on on a, you know, survey level in American society, women were happier, you know, back in the 50s when they were in the home. And that's because our our natural design is to be more of this nurturing, ecstatic, flowing consciousness. And so if we're, you know, one of the things I like to say is like, yes, we need empowered women at high levels of leadership in the world, but we need real women. We need real mm-hmm. ecstatic, flowing, nurturing, you know, um, you know, feminine deities. <laughs> and and eventually, eventually, you know, eventually our society is going to awaken and learn how to start honoring that. It's really going to reinvent the way that we construct reality and the way that we do business. And so these are some of the things that I'm really, you know, in this incarnation really fascinated and pioneering is what does that future look like? What does the future of business look like? What does the future of finance look like? What does the future of a workday look like when you have Shakti reintegrated? And so, you know, I've done some of my own experiments, but I'll just I'll just give you one example. Um, none of us should be working eight-hour days. That is that is um, uh, that is goes against our nature. Okay, um, what I have really found is that six-hour workdays. This is really, if you want to be in the divine design, um, human beings are are. Um, we have three different capacities to our consciousness. We have body, we have mind, and we have spirit. Uh, and we're meant to really operate in three worlds. We're meant to operate in the world of nature, which is connected to our body, pleasure, fun, sensuality, sexuality, family, friends, art, culture. All of that is the world of 
nature, the realm of the body consciousness. We're meant to work in the level of the mind, and this is typically what we associate with the world of man, the world of mankind. This is like your career. This is business. This is learning. This is schedules, systems, structures, technology. Uh, And then we're meant to work in the realm of spirit which this is our spiritual dimension, our angelic nature as human beings and meditation and prayer and alone time and inward attunement. And, and really, we, uh, to be balanced, we would energetically be spending about an equal amount of time in all three realms of consciousness, which um, if, you know, the yogis say that we would only need to sleep six hours a night if we um, weren't doing what our culture actually does, which is typically spending between, you know, eight to 12 hours in the world of mankind and, and not nurturing the body and then no time in spirit, right? So we're all very drained. But if we were actually, you know, in balance, we would only be sleeping six hours a night. And then if you divide the rest of the day, there's six, there's six hours in each realm. And and I just sort of found this from working with my own body and my own consciousness and, like, you know, realizing, like, when I pushed well beyond, you know, six hours and, and, and uh, an irritability would come into me and then something would get sacrificed from one of the other realms. And and eventually it would create an imbalance that would show up. Like maybe it shows up as a health crisis. Maybe it shows up as you don't have the love and the family and the pleasure that you want in your life. I mean, we look at, you know, Western society. We look at American society. We've got diabetes. You've got obesity. You've got breakdown in marriages all over the planet. You've got... Um, you know, all kinds of cancers and health issues. And, and all of this is a build, it's a toxic buildup literally from, you know, not having uh, some of these wisdoms integrated into the actual fabric of our culture. And so, you know, I'm on, I'm on a mission to like bring this mag, these Magdalene mysteries back and bring them into the, into the Western world. And, and so, yeah, I like to use Mary Magdalene as a, as a figurehead because she's somebody that most Westerners can relate to and it kind of like helps them drop in and understand, you know, that this is, a, this is a mysticism and this is a wisdom that was lost and that is uh, and, and possibly even purposefully repressed that has had some pretty serious consequences in our, in our modern day society. Mm. Wow. That it all makes so much sense. And I just love to use our collective imagination and storytelling powers to evoke the new story of a more intimate economy where people are sharing authentically, where people are feeling safe enough to share their gifts and their unique genius and where there is a pleasure in engaging in the marketplace because too often for spiritual entrepreneurs, it does feel like this dirty thing where you have to sell your time to get money and so many people resist it because it is so associated with the with the dominator paradigm and with an extractive mm-hmm. economy that doesn't honor um, the individual's uh, value. And I feel as you were speaking, it's like, oh, we can bring this juicy, pleasureful, life-giving Shakti force um, back into the marketplace. And, and that it really is about this, great mother archetype when we're talking about the economy and how people get their needs met and and uh, share their gifts and so to bring this back in the sacred back into this marketplace again and allow people to feel more alignment and excitement about engaging in this way um, is just, I feel like, the leading edge for how humanity can reclaim um, 
our our stewardship really is is part of it is stewarding our resources is caring for one another is these feminine aspects of really looking at how can we create this lasting wealth for the children and the seven generations to come and and really uh, do that in an intimate, pleasureful way. And I just really appreciate that you're bringing some of these codes and mythology and, and mystical uh, truths to the light so that we can um, participate in this great healing that's happening right now. Um, it's such an honor to to be alive right now and to be awakening to how we can heal and and find our dignity and honor all life um, in in our participation with money and our resources and how we make everyday choices uh, like you say about our own boundaries with our time our most precious resource of our attention and being able to really find that that dignity and and the noble heart uh again and and share that and uh if you'd like to take uh, another minute or two just to um wrap it up with any closing remarks i'd uh, i'd love to hear from you um yeah i will well what i will say is that we, I think one of the things we need is we need to have compassion and patience with ourselves. Um, there is the, the, the programming and, uh, that we receive in this regard goes pretty deep, um, and there is a healing process that we go through. Um, I love especially, and, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have yet the... Um, sort of the, the situation in their life where they can um, consciously redesign their um, way of working and their way of receiving wealth. And um, and so I, ideally, you know, I, I love working with entrepreneurs especially because they have that um, spirit of ingenuity and that freedom to create a life style and a business and a way of working that works for them and so um and so once you know once we have a lot of empowered entrepreneurs doing sacred wealth we'll also hopefully have a lot uh, a different you know a different economic system for people that are you know getting jobs that can be in nurturing and really positive environments for them to grow in and their families to grow in so there's a there's a reconstruction process here. I don't know how long it will take, but we do have to have compassion and patience with ourselves in that process. And basically, I yeah, I just want to um, thank you for having me on this show. And um, I, I could tell people where they could go if they want to learn more about sacred wealth, or you could tell them, Crystal. Sure, go yeah, ahead and fine. share uh, your website and what's available there. Yeah, yeah, so my website is wakingbeauty.com. There's a ton of great free resources on there from um, three-part call series on the Magdalene Wounds and um, a free quizzes to understand your uh, karmic money wounds on a past life level and then I, I just wanted to um, introduce if, if someone is specifically interested in in learning more about sacred wealth and learning more about the specific kind of practices and the going deeper into some of the content that I covered here today. Um, I have a great um, three-part call series um, on um, sacred wealth called Clearing the Black Magic of the Money Slave System. You can access that at wakingbeauty.com forward slash W as in sacred wealth, SW dash initiation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yes, I really encourage people to check that out and just um, 
Yeah, I hope this has evoked a curiosity in people listening about what is possible and how to really address some of the underlying um, causes for any challenges with finances that people may be feeling. And and really, the time is now. Like, I just encourage people to take a step here to, um, you know, come into your power more, more fully and, and really be able to uh, lead with this uh, greater awareness and understanding and, uh, and it's such powerful, um, sacred, sacred material. And we really need more and more ambassadors of this, this frequency of a healthy feminine, masculine, sacred union that really allows this prosperity and our birthright of, of really flourishing here on earth uh, to happen right now. So I am so grateful for you joining us and sharing such uh, wisdom. I just love how it flows out of you so naturally and feels really accessible and um so thank you. I encourage everyone to um, check out her website and to, uh, yeah, to really feel feel the power of the truth that was shared here today. So thank you so much for joining us here, and hope everyone is inspired and turned on by life and the possibilities of a healthy, intimate relationship with your money, your power, and your pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money dash M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S dot com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.